Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. Jennifer Francis was physically active until her mid-20s when a pain spiral began in her outer thigh and ultimately included her hip as well. She battled IT band syndrome and a labrum tear. Over the next few years, she went from exercising less to virtually eliminating any physical activity beyond walking, and even that wasn't painless. Jennifer sought and received assistance from medical professionals, but nothing helped. She was doing precisely what the experts told her to do, so why wasn't it working? Jennifer was in pain, inactive, gaining weight, and at her wit's end. Until, that is, she found help within her workplace which employed physical therapists who asked her the right questions and identified and treated physical issues that others had missed. They addressed coordination issues and muscular imbalances that had been stressing Jennifer's joints and causing kinetic chain problems. They worked on conditioning her body to work cohesively again. Within months, she was running four miles and was able to squat 45 pounds pain-free. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, Jennifer shares insights she gained through the rehabilitation process. Physical therapist Serena Sate is on hand, too, to talk about Jennifer's case and the lessons it holds for others, including how to avoid such injuries in the first place. Here's our discussion with Jennifer and Serena. Jennifer, you've been quite physically active all your life until you experienced some significant difficulty at age 26. So can you first talk about your various athletic pursuits and their importance in your life when you were growing up? For my whole life, I was always active. I was a high-energy kid. So my parents always had me in sports every season, whether it was running track, playing softball, basketball, soccer. So as I continued to grow older and go into high school, I played soccer and ran some cross-country. And then even just going into college, I took weightlifting as a class. I was always going out for runs. It was just very ingrained into my schedule to be exercising or out and about at least like three to four times a week minimum. So something started happening when you were 26 years old. Can you, can you take us to that period and tell us what was happening and, and what you elected to do about it? So around age 26, I had really gotten into running. I would say I was running about five miles a day, Monday through Friday on my lunch hour, and then doing like longer runs on the weekends, like over 10 miles. Um, And it was going really well. And I think I got very carried away with running and my outer right knee started to hurt. And it would kind of come and go. So I would just continue to run, push through it. You know, it wasn't really like an acute injury, so I just thought I was running a lot, and that's what happens when you, you know, keep increasing in distance. And it did start to get to the point where when I wasn't running, it was bothering me, and then I started to scale down my exercise, um, and it became a bit of a nuisance. So I decided to see um, an orthopedist and go over uh, my knee pain, and he told me that I had something called IT band that is very common in runners and should be able to be fixed with some physical therapy and icing and rest. Um, And I'd be kind of back to running, you know, long runs in no time. So, so what happened then? Um, I did PT. I had gone through all the exercises for the most part. They wanted to strengthen the glutes and strengthen like the hip adductors. And, you know, it was fine, but I still couldn't really get back to normal activity. The knee pain was still persisting, um, and so I would run and go to the gym, 
but I started to go maybe less. Um, and I was kind of in this cycle of like having good weeks where I could work out a lot and then having weeks where like I wouldn't work out at all because my knee was killing me. Right. Uh, so it really wasn't resolved. Right. So uh, it's my understanding that things got, got worse for you. Uh, you. Basically, you went through a couple of years of this, right? And then things got right. worse when you turned 28. So, so what, what changed at that point? So in addition to the knee pain, I started to have hip pain on my right side. And a lot of the pain would shoot straight from the knee to the hip joint. Um, and, you know, at that point, I really started to scale down working out. Because when it was bothering me in my hip, sometimes it was, I was having issues getting comfortable when I was sleeping. It was really starting to affect other areas of my life. It wasn't just like, oh, okay, I'm not going to work out that much. You know, it was impacting my sleep. Mm-hmm. I was starting to gain weight. Um, you know, so I decided to see an orthopedist mm-hmm. after dealing with it for probably six or seven months. Um, and then they had told me that I had a labrum tear. Um, and the orthopedist actually gave me some hope because because of my history in presenting with IT van syndrome um, symptoms, he felt the root cause was likely the labrum tear. Um, so again, I should be able to be okay with PT and weight loss, but if those conservative efforts don't really start to improve anything, you know, the next step would be uh, scheduling like a surgery. But you did end up deciding not to uh, not to elect for surgery. And uh, what was your thinking then? And uh, tell us about sort of how you you got uh, sort of the the intervention of some uh, great medical consultants at your workplace. Well, I didn't really like the idea of surgery just because it the PT in the past hadn't really helped me, and I knew if I was to get surgery you know, you'd have to have a very strict uh, physical therapy regimen. It would be a big recovery. It would be a lot of time out of work. Um, And I was honestly terrified at the idea of getting surgery that young when I really felt like the issues I had weren't addressed. And on top of that, I was told that I had to lose the 20 pounds I gained, but because I couldn't work out, you know, I really just wasn't able to lose the weight. So even in my own head, I was like, I have to lose 20 pounds before I even think about the surgery because, right. you know, the doctor said that's a possibility that I'll start right. to feel right. better. And how do you lose 20 pounds healthily if you can't have physical activity be part of that? Right. And I think it's also worse for people who are really active because, you know, when you're active and running a lot of miles and weightlifting, you know, you can have a pretty high calorie diet, enjoy food and still be feeling and looking good. Um, So I was just struggling with that transition, especially because something like walking wasn't going to make me lose weight. Right, right. So uh, tell us, uh, you, you were you were working uh, someplace where you uh, just uh, happened to uh, be able to bring some, some great, uh, as I said, some great medical consultants into it. And I want to bring Serena into this conversation in a moment. But first, can you talk about where you were working and how it came about that you, you got some advice and assistance from, from people that you had access to through your workplace? So at 27, I had gotten a new job at the Tisch MS Research Center of New York, which is a research center that is devoted to finding the cause of and curing multiple sclerosis. And the interesting thing about my workplace is that I do work with medical professionals, including like doctors, physical therapists, who actually treat the MS patients. Um, And, you know, I was just having such 
a hard time with pain because because now it had turned from being hip pain and knee pain to even ankle pain. Like the whole right side of my leg was just killing me. And Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like at my wit's end. So I decided to send an email to one of the physical therapists here, Dr. Cantor, and he let me come upstairs and he did an evaluation with me. And luckily he was also working with um, Serena Sathe, who, you know, they just did a great evaluation of me. They listened to my whole medical history. um, And then they decided that they wanted to work with me and treat me. So so let's let's bring Serena in at this point. Uh, you and and your physical physical therapist colleague who uh, who Jennifer just mentioned, uh, Stephen Cantor, uh, decided to take on Jennifer as as a patient. Um, Serena, what did you see as being the issues that needed to be addressed? And as part of that, can you give listeners a, a short primer on what some of her issues were, including IT band syndrome and the labrum tear? Sure. So when Jennifer first came to us, she identified certain issues that she was experiencing with regard to hip pain, knee pain, and ankle pain. So what we did was a thorough evaluation, including an examination of her back, hip, knee, and ankle. So what we found upon examination was that Jennifer was actually really strong. So typically one of the philosophies in terms of managing IT band syndrome or a labral tear is to focus on strengthening. But what I realized was that Jennifer was so strong, we had to take a different approach. So in line with that, she had mentioned that she had previously been treated for IT band syndrome. When it comes to IT band syndrome, the primary symptom is pain on the outside part of the knee. And that occurs because as somebody bends and straightens their knee, the band presses up against the bone on the outside part of the knee, creating irritation and inflammation. So with that, typically IT band syndrome is... Um, a diagnosis that you see that's common in runners, cyclists, and it usually happens as a person's heel hits the ground. So a common complaint that you'll hear someone come in with is, it hurts on the outside of my knee every time my heel hits the ground, and it hurts this far into my run, or it hurts this far into my biking ride, and it's just a dull aching pain on the outside part of the knee. A lot of times, too, people will say that rest will help it feel better. So if they go a day or two without running, the outside part Mm -hmm. of their knee will feel better, but then once they start running again, their knee pain will come back. So with that, too, means that if somebody has this recurring knee pain, um, a thorough examination of all the structures at the knee, hip, and ankle have to be performed as well. So a physical therapist would look at the hips and the knee to make sure that structurally um, this person or patient doesn't have a predisposition towards IT band syndrome. The other thing that you mentioned was the labral tear. So A labrum tear is typically a diagnosis that affects the hip. So within the hip joint itself is a material called the labrum, and the labrum is cartilage. So what cartilage does is it lines the socket part of the joint. The hip is a ball and socket. So the labrum lines the socket part of the joint, and it functions to work as a shock absorber, and it helps to give the hip joint stability. What happens when somebody has a labral tear or a labral issue is that they typically tend to experience pain in the front of their hip or in the groin region of their hip. And that too is a dull, and it's usually a dull pain, and it's usually provoked by activities such as going from a sitting position to standing and going up and down stairs and sometimes even bending forward. So when I had met Jennifer for the first time, she gave me a summary of all of the things that she had known um, she had been diagnosed with before And so I kept them kind of in the back of my mind as things that could be contributing to her overall presentation at that moment. So 
but I still wanted to go in and figure out what was really causing her symptoms and what could be done to address the issues that she was experiencing. So I think the one thing that Jennifer did a great job of explaining was the fact that there were certain physical activities that she really wanted to get back to and that she really wanted to participate in, but those were the activities that were the most challenging for her to do, like running, squatting, and an overall fitness program was difficult to participate in, just secondary to pain. So the approach that I took with Jennifer had more to do with recognizing movement patterns that she wanted to perform and figuring out where the movement pattern was going was a little faulty. So mm -hmm. for example, with a squat, we knew Jennifer wanted to get back into performing the squat, so we did an analysis of how she squatted to figure out what muscle imbalance there was or what, um, how she was squatting to make sure that she was using the right mechanics to prevent pain or to delay the onset of pain. Also important, I think, with, with the approach that we took with Jennifer is that in recognizing that she had been to physical therapy before and it wasn't successful for her, we really tried to take into account the things that did not work for her before because mm -hmm. I don't think it would be fair to expose her to the same interventions that we already knew were unsuccessful for her in the past. So really the approach with Jennifer was just starting fresh, forgetting about all of the exercises that she had done before, and just thinking of herself as a blank slate that we can just work from and correct any movement patterns that we identified as needing a little bit of extra help. Is there is there a message there and for people who are, are looking for a physical therapist to help them with whatever issues that they face that you should be sure that the person you're dealing with has some expertise in, in those particular issues? What's nice about physical therapy as a profession in general is that all therapists are trained in certain skills and identifying certain diagnoses. So most therapists are equipped with the skills necessary to identify a hip labral tear or IT band syndrome and to implement a treatment program that addresses whatever symptoms the patient is experiencing. But I think what's most important, too, is just having the patient identify certain activities, um, such as walking or going up and down stairs or squatting, that they experience the most pain with, just so that we have a goal to set as well. So if um, Jennifer had come to me and said, my hip hurts and my knee hurts and my ankle hurts, and I said, what, what would you like to do about it? What would you like get? What would you like to get back to? And she said, nothing really. Then that would kind of make it difficult for me to figure out why we were implementing this program or this plan for her and what we were working towards. Right. So I think just being able to hear from Jennifer that she had very clear goals in mind that she wanted to achieve made it easier for me to kind of go in and figure out what we really needed to work on most in terms of muscle imbalances or just overall re-education of her muscles. Well, uh, Jennifer, it, it sounds to me like one of the differences uh, this time was that you were asked more questions about yourself and getting particularly at what your needs and issues uh, in your own mind were. Can, can you talk a little bit about how soon you felt like you were on the right road this time? So after meeting with Serena, um, I just felt during the evaluation she really listened to everything I had to say. Um, because one of the things that was quite irritating to me in the past about physical therapy was everyone kept telling me I needed to strengthen my hips and strengthen my knee. Um, and I told her, I was like, I did these exercises forever and I had no improvement. So I kind of felt a little like lost. Um, even just telling her, I don't even feel comfortable walking anymore because I know the way I move changed so much due to pain. Like I kind of right. almost forgot how I used to walk. And when mm -hmm. I told her, 
can you help me walk? She like studied me so hard and like looked at every way that I moved. And then she was like, let's start over with walking. And she basically kind of trained me and explained to me like how I need to be walking properly. And within the next few days, my ankle swelling had gone down just, and like the, the pain had reduced significantly just from changing how I walked because I knew I wasn't walking correctly. Um, and right. I think sometimes when I brought it up to other medical professionals, it seemed kind of bogus or, you know, everything looked fine. Um, but she really looked at everything with a fine lens. She mm-hmm. also was different in the fact that she told me I didn't need to strengthen things. She's like, you are very strong. So she wanted to take a different approach. And that was the first time I heard something like that ever um, from a physical therapist telling me, no, you're actually strong. We just need to work on how you function. Right. And, and you, what, what, what you found out was actually you had some strengths going in, whereas that's something that had never been pointed out to you before. Right, because I also knew, I mean, I wasn't in the shape I used to be in, but I would still consider myself pretty strong compared to maybe an average person who doesn't engage in physical activity. Um, You know, so that was one of the things that didn't make sense to me either, uh, Mm -hmm. that I felt like she really was able to hone in on and listen to. A quick break to encourage you to move. Physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease, not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at choosept.com. Well, can you talk a little bit about your road back? In the past few years, you've really come a long way, both uh, both physically and, and emotionally. And can you kind of talk about that progression and sort of where you are now? Sure. But before I do that, I think um, Serena should just talk a little bit more about her approach, because I feel like my road to recovery really just started about six months ago when I started working with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything before that wasn't considered improving or recovering. So I can talk a lot about that, but let's get back to her. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Um, So really, as we mentioned before, when I first met Jennifer, I went through my examination, and of course she was strong. Every muscle that I tested was strong. So with Jennifer, what I really wanted to do was allow her to really recognize um, her core, and we wanted to focus on core stabilization. And with that means that You want to uh, focus on the timing of the muscles, making sure that they activate when they're supposed to and that they have endurance. So the core becomes very important because that is what you engage as you're doing all of your activities, including walking, standing, sitting, laying down, and you need to make sure that you're activating it in just the right way um, so you don't create muscle imbalances and to keep you upright and with the best posture possible. So really with Jennifer, we focused on neuromuscular education, and we used a lot of visual cues and visual feedback, um, including pictures. So, for example, I would take pictures of Jennifer doing exercises the way that she did um, on her own, and then I would take pictures of her doing exercises while she was engaging her core. And I think that allowed her to see where she was going wrong and to figure out what she was doing with her own body. The goal that I really had for Jennifer was that You know, I could see her many, many, many times if I needed to or had to, but I wanted to make sure that there was carryover, and I think just with being able to train Jennifer to recognize where her body was at any particular point in time 
and correct it when she felt like it just wasn't supporting her, when her core wasn't supporting her, was the key to part of Jennifer's success. So as much as I would like to say that it was something that I did, I think Jennifer was an excellent patient in the sense that she really took my feedback and she really used all the cues that we gave her to really refocus on all of her movement patterns and to just kind of re-examine exactly what she was doing and how to make sure that she was doing it in the best way possible. So really the focus was on getting Jennifer to recognize her body and her endurance levels and just making sure that she could do that on her own as well. So, so yes. Jennifer, what, 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 which of your physical activities did you start trying to do again and sort of in what order? Well, it was interesting. So it was probably a few weeks into working with Serena, um, she had basically showed me how to turn my muscles on in a way, especially for the core. Uh, so I remember the first time she had me just tighten my abs with a static hold, I was shaking and I was shocked because I was like, I go, you know, I could do a hundred crunches in a row. Why am I shaking from just holding my core and breathing right now? Uh Um, And it definitely started to show me that I could improve on how I activate my muscles and ways I could support myself. So once I kind of got kind of like firming my core down and bracing, I decided to start going to the gym again. I wasn't into running yet, um, but I was like, let me start just squatting, doing more body weight exercises, continuing to um, progress with the exercises she was giving me for my core. Um, And I had started to squat. And I know when I had one of my worst hip pain, I couldn't even squat with more than 40 pounds. Like I wasn't even under a bar. I was using like 20 pound dumbbells in my hand. Um, And now, like probably a few months later, I've been able to move up to 150 pounds when I squat under the bar with no hip pain, no knee pain. Um, And I've just been taking everything slowly. Uh, And now that I've been feeling so much more stable in my hips as well as my core, um, I'm back to running. I'm not running more than four miles right now, but I just have all these short-term goals in mind. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. rushing to be the person I used to be. Like I'm just taking things slowly one step at a time. And she also gave me an awareness of my body. Um, I think now I can recognize if something doesn't feel good, I can take a few steps back. I can always start over, reset my core, make sure I'm, really thinking through every movement I make to be efficient and pain-free. And I think that was one of the most valuable lessons that she taught me was kind of how to understand what's going on in my body. So, Serena, are there lessons in Jennifer's story for for listeners who are athletically active uh, with regard to both avoiding injury and dealing wisely and appropriately with with IT band, hip, and related issues uh, should they arise? I think one of the big important keys to remember is the fact that If you experience pain, you really have to monitor it. So you really want to think about when am I having pain, with what activities, and how severe it is. So for Jennifer, I think what happened initially was that she was able to tolerate the pain for up to a certain amount of time, and then it just got to a point where it was so severe, and it really limited her from doing what she wanted to do, which was running. So I think the key there is to really um, focus on the pain that you have in the sense that if you notice it's getting worse, you should seek medical help for it because you don't want to cause further damage and you want to get to the bottom of why you're experiencing this pain too. Well, it seems like another thing you're saying is that when you seek out a medical professional as the patient, you need to telegraph what what you're feeling and what your needs are and really tell that medical professional exactly what's going on so that they have a good idea how best to help you. Exactly. 
So when you come to a physical therapist, what we do is we really listen to the complaints that you have, um, the, compl- the complaints regarding your pain and the pattern that your pain follows. So, for example, uh, when Jennifer said it hurt when she ran or it hurt when she squats or it hurt with walking downhill, the clinical picture that you have as a physical therapist should coincide with the patient's complaints. So, for example, with that in mind, with whatever Jennifer said, that kind of guided my evaluation and that kind of guided my approach to dealing with her symptoms. So it was really her telling me exactly what she was experiencing it and being so clear and thorough about the activities that brought it on and the things that she actually found rest or found made it better. That kind of guided my thought process, too, as to how to proceed with handling her plan of care. Well, Jennifer, one one thing that occurs to me as as we're talking is that uh, you you had an incredible employee benefit that you didn't even realize you had when you started working there. Yeah, I mean, I can't even believe that I found Serena. Like she, it was just fate. And now it's like I had over the, actually the whole few years, I ended up gaining thirty pounds, and I've already lost eighteen. Um, it's just incredible all the changes that are happening. I'm starting to feel strong again. And I always just think, like, if I hadn't have found her, I don't know what I would have done. Like, I'm not sure where the path would have led. And I think a valuable lesson there is, you know, if you see one or two different medical professionals, maybe you need to see more. If PT didn't work with one person, maybe you need to go seek out somebody else. Because it's true. Like, I feel like the body is so, you know, dynamic and there's so much going on that, different people might have different approaches. So instead of kind of taking a negative attitude and giving up, maybe you just need to keep seeking, you know, different professionals until you find the person that you have, like, that chemistry with or who really understands, like, what's happening in your body. Well, and ideally that, that medical professional will ask you the, all the pertinent questions, but if they don't, be be prepared to tell your story in the way that's going to help you the best, right? Definitely. I mean, I came with a history of all the activity I was doing over years when certain pains started. I just, you know, because it's true, it was like such a long progression. And Mm -hmm. I think one thing that I also realized is, you know, I had never really been injured when I was younger. So I think the idea of what an injury was to me was an acute injury. I didn't understand what all these overuse and chronic injuries were. And I probably should have just sought help when I had pain, because it probably would have been pretty easy to rectify if I had, you know, after the initial onset. Um, But I realize now that it's not normal to be in pain. It's not, you know, it doesn't need to be, you know, breaking your leg to think that you need to go and see a doctor or a physical therapist. Uh, so Jennifer, uh, you you had said earlier that you you felt you recognized that you're you're not ready at this point to to uh, kind of resume being the 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 level of active person that you were before. But uh, but I wanted to ask you are are you are you optimistic that you'll get there? I'm very optimistic. I'm so happy that I didn't get surgery, and I'm very happy that I met someone who taught me how to really understand what was going on with my body. So I think that. In a way, this was a great learning experience that happened at a fairly young age because in the future I'll be able to, like, build on this foundation, probably come back stronger, and really know what to do to avoid injury and make sure that I can have a happy and active life, you know, until I'm 95. (laughs) Well, uh, Jennifer, uh, Serena, thanks so much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio. We've really appreciated your sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. 
Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.